We are over 70 episodes in. This show right here is show 71. Thank you so much for tuning in, for sharing, for subscribing. Some of you on multiple platforms. Thank you for that. I appreciate the extra boost of love and support. This has been just a great joy for me, and I know you're enjoying it too. I know you enjoy the the tickling of your ears, the the encouragement of the beliefs you have and you feel like you can't share. You appreciate this toll-free bridge to reality that I provide every week, and I'm so glad that you've showed up. We're going to get to the show today, and I'm going to talk about 50 very short rules for a good life from the Stoics. It's something Ryan Holiday recently put out. But before I get to that, i got to tell you, I picked up the Alan Jackson album that recently came out. Alan Jackson, Where Have You Gone? I don't know if you're a country music fan or not. I love country music. Uh, Having lived in Nashville, there's just something to it. Now, Nashville is becoming an interesting blend of the coasts and a lot of the great places that I used to spend time at while I was in undergrad and in grad school, uh, just as well as starting out in adulthood, um, have either shut down, have changed, have emerged, and look, you know, adapt or die. Sometimes that's got to happen, but this album takes you back and and reminds you of just the, the good old days. Can we still say that? The good old days. The title song, Where Have You Gone?, is great, and uh, I encourage you to get it and listen to it. Now, the song itself is actually talking about um, country music, Where Have You Gone? And I'm so thankful for the the folks like Alan Jackson, King George, George Strait, as you know, who are still putting out music. And I got a fun story here with Alan Jackson. This is years ago, back uh, before I was invited to attend events, I had to show up as a seat filler. Now, for those of you uh, who may not be aware of this, seat fillers, um, these are the young folks, I was in college at the time, who want to be in the industry. I didn't want to be in the industry, I just wanted to go to the event for free. So I think it was the CMT Awards, back whenever they were hosted here in Nashville, actually, I think they've, I don't know. Anyway, I had to seat fill, and I sat next to a woman, um, that I later found out to be Denise. And next to her was her husband, Alan Jackson. And so I was to Denise's left, and uh, I saw her ring finger. And it was at that moment, that very moment, that I realized just how successful (laughs) Alan Jackson was. That rock was so big that every time the lights would pan over to where we were sitting, I was blinded, blinded by the light. So, Alan Jackson, where have you gone? The unofficial sponsor, the faux sponsor of this episode, I encourage you to get it. I picked it up at Cracker Barrel. That's right. We had to wait because uh, Biden administration policies are still um, disincentivizing workers from racing back to the jobs they once had. So while I was walking around the general store looking for something that I didn't need, I found something that uh, I've come to really enjoy. So uh, anyway, that's that. Let's get to the meat of the episode here. 
I'm a big fan of the Stoics. We have a morning routine here at the Deems household. Um, the wife and I read um, a couple of devotions in the morning together. We talk about what we want to conquer and accomplish for the day. This is usually over coffee or breakfast, depending on what our schedules are like in the morning. We at least have a cup of coffee together and, and go through our morning devotions, our mantras, and how we want to conquer. And we want to happen to the day. We don't want the day to happen to us. So we're a big fan of Ryan Holiday. As always, uh, I will put this in the show notes so that you can take a look at it for yourself. Ponder on it and think about it. Um, but this is an article that was recently put in Medium, medium.com, forge.medium.com. 50 Very Short Rules for a Good Life from the Stoics. What is the job of a philosopher? When the standards have been set, Epictetus said, the work of philosophy is just this, to examine and uphold the standards. But the work of a truly good person is in using those standards when they know them. It's pretty straightforward. In a nutshell, define your rules, live by them. The Stoics weren't so direct in practice. While they spoke, wrote, and debated, nowhere did they put their quote-unquote commandments down in one place. Not in any form that survived, at least. I mean, the vast majority of what was written down by the Stoics was lost. Ryan goes on to say, in studying their writings for his own practice, he compiled 50 rules from the Stoics, gathered from their immense body of work across 2,000 years. These rules functioned then, as they do now, as guides to what the ancients called the good life. Hopefully some of them will illuminate your own path. And I'm going to go through these, starting with number one. Number one is, focus on what you can control. You may have heard control the controllables, same thing. Number two, you control how you respond to things. Number three, ask yourself, is this essential? Now, you all may recall in past episodes, I have pointed you to a book, Essentialism, by Greg McCone. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Basically, it forces you to take a, a, an honest examination of your life, an audit of where you're spending time to determine if what you're doing is truly essential. If it's not, maybe it should be outsourced or done away with completely. Number four, meditate on your mortality every day. Five, value time more than money and possessions. Six, you are the product of of your habits. As I mentioned earlier, my wife and I have a morning routine. I have had a daily routine since I can remember. I love systems, but uh, more than loving systems, I love how I feel when I have the systems, right? You have to control the inputs, and that'll give you the outputs. So I took an examination of my life and decided, this is how I want to feel in the mornings. This is how I want to feel in the afternoons. These are the time of days whenever I am succeeding. This is when I feel like I need to rest. This is when I want to engage with people. This is when I don't want to. And I tried really hard to dial in on habits 
that feed those needs. Now, I'm not perfect, obviously. That's why you tune in. You're hoping to learn from the mistakes, the missteps, and the successes of your host. You're the chief. So daily routine, routinize your day. What you need to get done, what you need to do for others, so that you're not an empty vessel trying to fill others, but rather a vessel that is filled and one that keeps getting replenished. Seven, remember you have the power to have no opinion. Folks, this is probably the one that stands out the most to me right now. In a world where you are being forced into boxes, you are being forced to, I mean, you can't even apply for a job these days without them asking your sexual orientation. It's none of your damn business. You want me to accomplish a job and you're going to pay me money for it. Why are we having any conversation about sexual orientation and, for that matter, any other demographics? Let's not get off track. You don't have to give an opinion. You don't have to respond to a survey. You may have deeply held convictions, beliefs, popular or otherwise. It doesn't mean they have to be broadcast. You also have the power to have no opinion. We've lost that, right? I think we have. I just don't have an opinion on that. Imagine saying that to somebody about something even controversial or whatnot. You're going to be labeled and thrown around? Well, then maybe you need to think about the folks that you have speaking into your life. Eight, own the morning. We've all heard the early bird gets the worm. You better get up before the worm if you want to get ahead of me. Nine, put yourself up for review. Interrogate yourself. Ten, don't suffer imagined troubles. This one hits really, it hits home for me really, really hard because I, I, I love to be meticulous. I, I love to really plan out it, where the conversation is going. If I have a serious conversation or a negotiation that I want to do, I over-prepare. If, if I'm going to have a 10-minute conversation with somebody, I'm going to spend an hour preparing for it. If I have a 30-minute conversation, chances are I'm spending three or more hours in preparation. I'm going to know everything I can about this person. I'm going to be thinking about the potential overlaps, the Venn diagrams of our lives, our careers, the people in our lives. So I, be prepared. It's one of my core values. But because of that, I sometimes find myself Suffering from imagined troubles. The wasted conversations in my head. Somebody offends me. Somebody gets on my nerves. This, of course, has happened a lot in the last year when two weeks to flatten the curve was exposed by phony Fauci. And all of this nonsense from tyrannical authoritarian quote-unquote leaders on a power trip... I was finding myself having so many wasted conversations in my head of, boy, I would let them know this, or I wish I could say this. Planning for conversations that never happened. Sometimes with friends or with acquaintances, coworkers, folks I'm doing deals with. Be careful. 
there's one thing to, to to be prepared, right? That that's one thing. The other thing is to imagine troubles and suffer from it. Well, if it goes wrong, if it goes this way, no, control the controllables. We've already mentioned that, and move forward. Quit having the wasted conversations ping-ponging in your head. Don't suffer imagined troubles. They're imagined. They're not real. 11. Try to see the good in people. 12. Never be overheard complaining, even to yourself. 13. Two ears, one mouth, for a reason. 14. There is always something you can do. 15. Don't compare yourself to others. In an Instagram world, friends, that that is increasingly harder and harder to do. You've got to control the inputs. What's coming in your eyes and your ears? What's coming in your eyes and your ears? What's happening late at night as your thumbs are scrolling? What are the inputs? Don't compare yourself to others. 16. Live as if you've died and come back. Every minute is bonus time. 17. The best revenge is not to be like that. And that comes from Marcus Aurelius. And that comes from Marcus Aurelius himself. The best revenge is not to be like that. I don't know about you, but I can point to people in my past, family members, co-workers, quite a few bosses, and just general areas, stereotypes with certain areas, maybe where you're from or where you currently live, where the best revenge is not to be like that. 18, be strict with yourself and tolerant with others. 19, put every impression, emotion to the test before acting on it. 20, learn something from everyone. 21, focus on process, not outcomes. I love that one. Process, not outcomes. This reminds me of the equality versus equity discussion we've had on past episodes. Society would have you focus on equity, which is the equality of outcomes, instead of focusing on equal opportunity. That's the process, ensuring that everybody gets a fair shake. Everybody has the right and the opportunity to get a seat at the table. Now, what they do when they sit at the table is up to them, their resourcefulness, their ability to be creative and innovative and to create something the marketplace wants. Focus on process, not outcomes. 22, define what success means to you. 23, find a way to love everything that happens. That's a tough one, but it's a sign of maturity. Regardless of why it happens and regardless of the consequences, you're a better person for having gone through it. 24, seek out challenges. 25, don't follow the mob. Republic, if you can keep it, Benjamin Franklin famously said. As a republic, 
our founders instilled very early on this notion that we're not following the mob, but that cooler heads will prevail, and the mature among us, in thought and deed, will win. In other words, we're not going to follow the mob. We're not going to follow mob rule. Republic, if you can keep it, don't follow the mob. 26, grab the smooth handle. Now, what does that mean? Well, there are always two handles, one that's smooth and one that's not. And it basically goes back to this idea that if, if you have a problem with somebody, let's use a, a sibling. If you have a problem with a brother, instead of using the handle that is the problem, the disagreement, the difference, the issue that you're trying to work through, grab the smooth handle. The fact that you all were raised together, the fact that you know one another, the fact that you have commonality. Grab the smooth handle. No matter what you're going through, conflict, navigating, grab the smooth handle. 27, every person is an opportunity for kindness. 28, say no a lot. 29, don't be afraid to ask for help. 30, find one thing that makes you wiser every day. 31, what's bad for the hive is bad for the bee. We oftentimes want to convince ourselves that, oh, it's just me, or, oh, this is just one time, or, oh, I, I just need to handle this, I just need to do this. You know, I had a teacher in elementary school once who said, if, if, if what you're doing was being done by everybody else, what would happen? And that has stuck with me. What's bad for the hive is bad for the bee. 32, don't judge other people. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't want to get cut... <laughs> That struck me funny there. Don't judge other people. We are so caught up in judging other people as if they were us, as if they... Listen, be you. Do you. Just don't impose on me. Two-way street there, friends. Don't judge other people. 33, study the lives of the greats. I do it through biographies and podcasts. Find your way to do it. 34, forgive, forgive, forgive. And I'll add, forgive yourself and others. 35, make a little progress each day. A mentor of mine, Dave Meltzer, says two minutes a day is better than two hours on a weekend. Make a little progress each day. 36, journal. You know, I, I've never really been a journaler, okay? Is that even a word? I've never been one to keep a journal. But I have thousands of first entries because what I find is a month or two will go by and, well, things have changed. Life has happened. This person has done this. Uh, this business has pivoted to this. Uh, I'm now doing X, Y, Z, what have you. And I love going back to the journals and um, looking at the date and just seeing where my head was, what I was focusing on. 
It's a great way to measure growth in yourself and also a great way to keep yourself grounded as you come up to new decisions, new frontiers, new relationships, so on and so forth. 37. Prepare for life's inevitable setbacks. It's no surprise people are going to let you down. It's also no surprise that financial situations are going to arise, whether they are problems or not. Well, that's going to be determined by whether or not you are prepared. Prepare for life's inevitable setbacks. 38. Look for poetry in ordinary things. 39. To do wrong to one is to do wrong to yourself. 40. Always choose a lifetime. Now, I know what you're asking. Chief, what is a lifetime? Well, a lifetime is the alternative to dead time. We've all been to uh, a store, a waiting room, an appointment, maybe to get your oil changed. And you're there early, or they're running late, or you have to take mass transit somewhere. You've got 20, 30, 45 minutes to kill. It's dead time. Turn that into a lifetime. Make it productive. Bring something that's enriching your life to read. Call somebody that fills you up whenever you speak to them. Always choose a lifetime. 41. Associate only with people that make you better. In the past, I've talked about the five, the 50, and the 500, the five people in your daily orbit, the 50 people in your monthly orbit, and the 500 people that you engage with at least twice a year. And you're like, oh, that's impossible. I don't have that many people. Well, you do. Business folks oftentimes can go to LinkedIn. That's probably where you're going to find your 500. These are the folks that are on the Christmas card list, the folks you see at least twice a year. Maybe they're um, acquaintances uh, of, of businesses in the past. Maybe they are engaged uh, indirectly in the same organizations or, or whatnot. The 50 people, these are the folks that are likely co-workers, people that you're working with on a regular basis. These are the monthly folks that you're constantly in contact with, family, friends, and otherwise. And then the five people. A spouse or partner is going to fill one of those a best friend or two is going to fill another one or two. And then you're going to have two to three slots that what I call are wild cards. And I take um, inventory on who my 550 and 500 are. Literally take inventory. Have names written in spreadsheets. That kind of detail. Because I have a plan for where I'm going. And I want to make sure I have people in the plan that make me better. 42. If someone offends you, realize you are complicit in taking offense. I'm going to read that again. 42. If someone offends you, realize you are complicit in taking offense. 43. Fate behaves as she pleases. Do not forget this. 44. Possessions are yours only in trust. 45. Don't make your problems worse by bemoaning them. We all know those people who seem to only spend time day in and day out. Family members, 
co-workers, whoever they are in your life, you know who they are. They just bemoan every problem, making it much worse. Don't be like them. 46, accept success without arrogance. Handle failure with indifference. 47, courage, temperance, justice, wisdom, always. 48, the obstacle is the way. I'll add, you will thrive not in spite of your obstacle, but because of it. So remember, the obstacle is the way. 49, ego is the enemy. And 50, stillness is the key. Those are the 50 very short rules for a good life from the Stoics by Ryan Holiday. He goes on to wrap up. It comes from Epictetus, quote, don't explain your philosophy, embody it, end quote. Don't talk about it, be about it. The whole point of Stoicism is what you do. It's who you are. It's the act of virtue, not the act of talking about virtue or reading about it or writing about it. It's about embodying your rules and principles, letting your actions speak for you. So Marcus Aurelius reminded himself, and now us, quote, waste no more time talking about what a good man is like, be one.